Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to Season 3. Slash or pass. There will be laughter. <laughs> tears. <laughs> tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. <laughs> Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. You know, our listeners, they don't know this, but we just recorded an episode of Wednesday. We did a review of the whole series, so catch that this coming Wednesday. But that very last scream that we get is Jenna Ortega in Scream 5. Wow, I didn't know that. I, I I like that intro more and more. I hear it, just like the little things that you've added in there, especially the end where it ends on that that uh, Friday or I mean the nightmare music or whatever. That's a good way to end it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun putting together. Um, so have you been watching anything recently besides Wednesday? No, it was Wednesday. Have Have I watched anything? I always. I'm horrible. I forget the movies that I've watched. I think I've been watching more. I hate to say this. I've been watching holiday bullshit. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch holiday bullshit, but we I've been just watching... watched Anna and the Apocalypse. A oh, days we ago. did. Yes, we did watch Anna and the Apocalypse. Well, that's still holiday bullshit, but it's it's uh, yeah. it's at least themed for Death Holler too. So I don't, I don't, I that movie. It, it's a good, such a good movie, and I don't like musicals. Um, so for reference, I mean, no spoils or anything. I like the movie, but I fucking hate zombie movies. I get anxiety watching them. <laughs> it's good. I, I think I watched Anna and the Apocalypse oh, a couple of years back, but I mean, I have a hard time remembering if it's that or another shitty uh, zombie movie that I watched. Not that that's a bad one. It's just that it's, if I remember right, it's, I mean, even with the musical stuff going on, it, it's kind of a low-budget-looking movie. Um, uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, maybe. Co- I mean... Uh, Low-budget, but production executed. Yeah, yeah. It's better than your random run-of-the-mill, like, you know, uh, zombie movie that somebody put together in their backyard. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. not saying that, but it's, you can tell by the way that they light it and everything else that it's not, like, you know, uh, studio level for sure. Um, it's good. The quality of the movie is actually surprisingly good for for how much the budget puppy they put on it. It's got the wrapping uh, penguins. I, I need to go back and rewatch it then because I might be confusing it with something else. So yeah, it was I, funny. I, 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 oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I I mean there were several that I watched around the same time as that, and I think that I'm not giving it its due because a lot of people have said that that's a pretty good one, and I mean I. I didn't hate it, but also just like it was, all right, here's a zombie movie with singing, but I, I but I'm thinking it, there's another movie that came out around that time that was like a romantic comedy. Uh, and I don't know if I'm, this might be the movie. I don't know, but it was like, uh, this, this girl, um, it was almost like she didn't realize that they were, I mean, didn't even act like there were zombies around her for like, you know, part way into the movie or something like that. And I don't, 
I can't remember. I'm, I think I'm mixing them together. There was a lot that I there's watched a, right back to back. A part of the movie where that kind of happened. She gets up and gets ready for school, and she's kind of like singing in a happy mood. She doesn't realize everything's just yeah, falling, falling apart. apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I keep thinking I've seen it because I remember something like that, but then I'm getting, but my mind is like combining two or three others on top of that that I watched around that time. Yeah, um, it's funny because, I mean, obviously we're watching horror films for the show, and I mostly stick to that because I'll get I'll get burnt out super bad on a genre, but um, it, I I don't feel like I got enough of Halloween this year which is why my Halloween decorations are upstairs right now in ha- in Christmas gear. <laughs> I was getting ready to say they've been repurposed. They've I've been seen repurposed. the pictures. Yes, so we've got that. Um, and so it was kind of a surprise because my son, who is the jolliest child you'll ever meet, I mean, he, he enjoys a horror film, but he loves Christmas more than anything. And we're like, what movie did you put on? We hear Christmas music playing. He's like, it's Anna and the Apocalypse. And I think... My daughter and I were just like, oh, thank God, because it's just non. Once Halloween, November 1st hits and Halloween's over, it's Christmas nonstop in this house by my kid. It's it's hard. Well, he was kind of limited because I was putting the new server together. Yeah. So, like, there wasn't really a lot of holiday movies. So, the moment, like, we, it was down all for Halloween, so we didn't have any type of horror movies we could really watch. And then it got up and running, and now, Boom. Here we are. You're not going to be eating popcorn while we're recording. Watch me. <laughs> don't, please don't. Uh, I I don't know. I'm in a different frame of mind right now because, uh, I mean, this is a spoiler for the episode that we're getting ready to record, but I was pleasantly surprised by these movies, and, um, I, and I was in the mood to continue along with those type of things as opposed to, like, shifting gears and, like, watching holiday movies. The only one that I watched is the a Christmas Story Christmas on HBO Max. Oh, which yeah. I actually enjoyed. I mean, not that that's what this show's about, but no, I yeah. did enjoy that. As a, I mean, you know, there's been... The only other sequel to A Christmas Story that, that kind of hit the mark in a little bit of a way is... Uh, I think it's My Summer Story is the name they rebranded it under, but there was another, like, made-for-TV movie with Charles Grodin as the old man or, you know... Uh, uh, Ralphie's dad in that version and it's just about him like going fishing with his father uh during a summer and it's a good movie because you get the same feels at some points but Charles Grodin is not Darren McGavin and it does not come off the same way yeah he pulls um, that whole film off and they do it they do a wise thing in the new movie new movie even though they don't uh, they do recast like the mother. I think it's because maybe she stopped acting years ago or something. They were going to get her in it, but they they wisely chose to frame the movie around the point that Darren McGavin has passed away in the movie's universe, and that's what's the catalyst for the entire movie. And but they play enough callbacks to him from the original movie that, it, that it's perfect. It Aww. gives you because it's because it, it's like you're sitting there and Ralphie's remembering, you know, how his dad took care of him whenever they were kids around Christmas. And it, it gives you a lot, you know, of, of emotion from that. And it's a good way from the, to base the movie around. Yeah. But one of the movies you're <laughs> going to talk about, uh, just to roll it right Christmas into it. Themed. It is Christmas themed. And I am hearing some, now is this a newer one? Because everybody's talking about this. Like it must've just come out. It came out this Friday or okay. Thursday, depending on where you're at. Hearing yeah. a lot of good things. Why don't you let us know what we're talking about? Uh, it's Violent Night that's got uh, David Harbour as uh, St. <gasps> Nick. 
And he does have his uh, dad bod in this one. Yes! If that makes you feel any better. Hot dad bod Dave Armour. It, uh, this is a uh, dad bod with uh, uh, snowflake tattoos at one scene when he takes oh. his shirt off. So you get a shirtless Dave oh! Armour with a dad bod. Babe, we need the got, movie. And he's got tats uh, over most of his chest. <laughs> does he have a little surprise in Santa sack for me? Uh, I, probably. I mean, this Santa Claus is, has been having some issues with Mrs. Claus uh, and their relationships on the rocks for part of the movie. So, I mean, you know, there, there might be a chance there for you. I don't even know who David Arbor is. He's, uh, he's from a stranger things. He's the, uh, he's, he's the sheriff that yeah. takes over as uh, the surrogate father Hopper. for 11. All right, all right. I made you dress up as him for Halloween one year. You didn't know it. We were role playing. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you the Vecna. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a good movie. It's I wouldn't call it a uh, a horror movie. It's horror adjacent. It's it's definitely a it's more of an action black comedy than it is anything. But I mean, there's enough gore scenes oh, that I think God. horror fans will get what they want out of the movie. Um, did he I say mean, it was they, a black it, comedy? Stop it! <laughs> That's not what he meant. <laughs> Um, there's a nut. Well, it's, if you want to call it a dark comedy, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um, <laughs> but there's another movie that I'm getting, I'm going to review or talk about here in a second. That's the same way. But anyways, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's got a setup similar to, uh, the fat man. If you've, if you've seen that. Oh, with, my uh, husband loves Gibbs. that movie. So, hell yeah. That's a good ass movie. Kids love it's, that movie. Uh, this is a little bit more magical because uh, that's one thing I like about the Fat Man is that they play it realistic for most of the movie and all the magic in it's like subtle, especially toward the ending of that film. Whereas in this one, he's got all the tropes right from the get go. I mean, he's on the sleigh that's in the sky right from the first few minutes. Um, and then he's got the ability to go up chimneys, which they used a great effect later on at the end of the movie. I'm not going to spoil it, but him going up chimneys is definitely a plot point that they okay. use to their benefit. Uh, just by like touching the side of his nose and he, you know, dissipates and then goes up the chimney. But um, they, they've got a cool history for him. I don't want to reveal what it is, but it's, it's Norse in nature and not like, you know, uh, Christian or anything. He's, he's got links to Norse mythology in this movie. Okay. That's cool because that's big in Chris. Well, the Christmas that you and I have discussed anyways, that's big. It's, it's the origin origination, if you will. And uh, it plays into his ability to fight back with people. I'll just put it that way. So it's it's a it's a if you're going to make a movie where Santa Claus, th this is literally the movie that they were pitching at the beginning of Scrooge. You know, where Santa Claus oh. is like being attacked by a bunch of like uh, pro level, you know, uh, like military people. Oh my That's god! That's what you're getting with this. Okay, is there any slasher in this? Is is there any of that genre in it? Um, Santa Claus would be the slasher in this yeah. because he is stalking people uh, one by one and taking them out in various gory ways. The night Santa went crazy. He's been naughty. <laughs> but he's but he's not the bad guy in the movie. They don't paint it that way. It's just he just happens to be he's at I mean, this is in the setup for the film. I mean in the trailer. He's at a house uh, of a rich family. And the, the girl of the family happens to not be a piece of shit, unlike the rest of her family, which is funny because it almost feels like the family in this could have came from the Krampus when we covered that, you know, where all the family's a piece of shit. And then there's the one kid that still believes in Santa Claus. Same setup. Uh, 
And so he's there and he's just for her. He's just there to deliver her gift. And then this family is ultra rich. So they get attacked by John Leguizamo and his goons who want, who know that they have like this uh, stash of millions of dollars in a safe somewhere on their property. And uh, they're there to, to take it. And, you know, and then he just happens to get caught up in the mix and he has to fight his way out of it. Okay. This, this is right up my alley. <laughs> And they have callbacks to all kinds of the, the Christmas movies that you love. I mean, they're the, they deliberately set up at the beginning of the movie that the little girl has just seen uh, Home Alone. Oh and my there God. is such a good callback at the end because she's in the attic. She is hiding from the bad guys. And she asked Santa Claus, do you think it'd be a good idea if I booby trap, like, you know, in Home Alone? And he said, sure, whatever you need <laughs> to do protect yourself and those are some fucking gory ass booby traps wow if you if you ever saw the scenes in home alone and said there's no way they'd walk away from that they don't in this so it's worth it for that oh the kids are gonna love it Um, and, and there's, and, and what I love about it too is, I mean, they've got, they've even got callbacks to Die Hard. Whether you want to admit that Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not, this movie, there's a scene in the movie where Santa Claus, after he's been heavily damaged, is trying to stitch himself back up and he's on a walkie talkie talking to the little girl. And it, it's very, it has to be deliberate. I mean, it's like, you know, when, uh, uh, Bruce Willis is talking to Reginald Bell Johnson, you know, and, and, you know, when he's patching himself up and, you know, they're kind of sharing their histories with each other. It, I mean, it, that's what I thought of instantly when I saw it. I'm like, they've pretty much hit all the holiday movies in this one. As far as references, um, there's an ice, there's an icicle at one point in the movie and you just know that it's going to go in somebody's eye because Ralphie shot his shot. The, the you know, uh, had the one fall and hit his glasses. So there's that, um, all kinds of stuff like that in the movie. Do they do it without making it feel like it's a bunch of member berries, though? Yes, they work it into the plot. I mean, you you. it's not like they, they wink at the camera at all. It's like they put them in there, and if you catch the... Re- <laughs> the only one that's the wink at the camera is the Home Alone stuff. Like, it's oh, deliberate. Okay. Like, they, they, they outright say that to the camera. But there's a scene toward the end of the movie where Santa Claus is trying to catch up with some of the bad guys that are on uh, uh, these... Uh, uh, snow skis or whatever whatever you call them snowmobiles and um he's he he grabs like this uh thing that's underneath like a baby jesus in a in a and you know in the, in the manger or whatever and like it looks like a sled that that the one that clark griswold you know or something similar to that that uh clark griswold you know rode in a christmas vacation and so there's a scene where you mm-hmm. see him like he hops up real quick and like slides down there to, to catch up with them so they even call back christmas vac- well and they call christmas vacation back in another way in the fact that the mother of the family is actually beverly d'angelo oh shit so they've got that link already in the movie without doing anything else I her boobies hanging out in a very festive holiday low cut shirt no she's dressed up like uh in a pantsuit type situation she almost gives you hillary clinton vibes in oh, this God. movie and i think that's deliberate because she's supposed to play like this rich uh, oh okay you know connected politician-esque character um but man beverly d'angelo has smoked like a whole carton of cigarettes every day of her life <laughs> for like the last 30 years like when Is she her voice talks, even I deeper mean, now it, it is a deep smoker's rasp. I mean, it's like, do you tell me to do what I do with my kid? You know, like that type of thing. It's new weird. Pots. It's, it's the new pots. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I recommend it. It was entertaining, and I love the little callbacks they did. And and if you're a gore hound, there's blood and uh, dismembered body parts. What's it called? Uh, Violet? Somebody... Violet Night. It's it's new. <laughs> 
somebody uh, get uh, gets their headset on fire and Ooh. their code name is Frosty. So that's lovely that they do a callback to that. Ah. Um, there's a guy named Krampus is his code name in the movie. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, it doesn't they miss a, all, it doesn't well, miss a Christmas beat at all, huh? No, uh, John Leguizamo's code name is Scrooge. Oh so I mean, God. it goes all the way around. Dang. I'm and he's excited. very similar to the character that Walton Goggins plays in uh, Fat Man too. There's a link. To, if you wanted to, if you, my ultimate double bill with this movie would be to watch it and Fat Man at the same, or, you know, back to back. Cause I mean, both characters were screwed over by Santa Claus whenever they were kids or feel like they were. And now they, they hate Santa and everything that he stands for. Which is funny because I watched Fat Man with the hubbies. I mean, a little bit. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't, I didn't see the ending. Um, and I liked it, but I didn't get into it. I, I don't know how to explain what's wrong with me. So I've, I recommended somebody else, and they said they didn't get into it either. I don't. You have to uh, when you're going into the movie. It's it doesn't feel like a holiday movie for a lot of it, even though it's he, he is Santa. They don't come out and spell it that way in the movie. It's very oh, subtle yeah. with a lot of its references. I didn't think it was a Santa movie at all um, when I was watching it. I was just kind of watching like what is going on here. I was intrigued, but it was just weird. I just couldn't like get into it, and then. Uh, he the hubby watched it multiple times and he's like it's one of my favorite Christmas movies now and I'm like what and he's like it's about Santa and I was like what you know if you especially if you watch the ending yeah uh, that ending definitely he is Santa because and that's where I missed I'm it. not I'm not going to spoil what happens to him but it, yeah he he shouldn't be walking away from what happens to him at the end of the movie but he does so he's definitely Santa Claus and yeah. in that sense well a little behind the scenes real quick um. We're doing a holiday show. We have to do our, our Christmas slasher. Do we want to do a special presentation of a Violent Night? Because I'm, I, I want to watch it. I mean, we can for sure. I mean, if you want to have a discussion about it, I mean, uh, I, I'd be ready for <laughs> it. I mean, we can we can kind of go over it. Okay. I mean, whenever you all see it. See if uh, we'll see. We know Donnie G's in a little bit of trouble. We'll get into that a little later. He might not be able to do a <laughs> a, a, um, a Christmas horror, but maybe, maybe so. Um, the other movie I saw recently that just came out is The Menu. Uh, that's the one that's got Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, oh, I hell the, want to see that. Yeah, that one's really good. Uh, I was really surprised by it, though. I, I went into it thinking it was going to be like a horror uh, movie, thriller at the very you know edge of that, You know, uh, uh, more like a uh, Deadliest Game, the way they portray it in the uh, Yeah, in the, in the previews. trailer. Because it looks like they've invited them to this place, and they're going to hunt them for food or yeah. sport or whatever you want to call it. That's not what the movie is. It gets, it builds tension like no other. Like I got to give them credit. The people that made this movie, like it just, I mean, from um, the moment that the movie starts, it starts out, you know, and then you feel that there's some weirdness here, but it's okay. And then when they get to the actual location, they start sitting down to the meal, which is like a big set, fancy seven course dinner. Um, they, they interject with something I like in between. Every time right before they uh, reveal the meal, they, they show biggest, they, the movie gives you this big splash screen that gives you the name of the item, what's in it, blah, blah, blah. So that's like, you're seeing the menu along with the, you know, the people there. And, uh, they just keep with each edition of each, you know, segment of the meal, they keep building up the tension. Like they've got all these characters around John Leguizamo's in it again. Uh -huh. He's in two very good movies back to back. 
Um, he's playing uh, an ex-actor in this one. No, he's a current actor in this one, but he thinks he's a foodie. So um, the main character, the the character that uh, has brought uh, Anya Taylor Joy along with him, uh, Nicholas Holt, is is a true foodie, and he looks down on John Leguizamo's character because he's like, he's just a celebrity that plays at this. I've got the refined palate, you know that kind of bullshit. <laughs> oh you know? God. Um, and the mo- and that's what the movie's about. The movie is a very dark comedy that is totally taking the shit out of pretentious Hollywood folks and, you know, people in like that whole sphere that think that they're above the, the, the blue collar working class, that their palates are more refined, that they deserve this high dollar shit. That's farm the table that they're beyond like the peasants food that they need these like high quality, you know, special presentations the movie is all about that. And that's all I'm going to say about it as far as the plot. But that when I got to the end of the movie and my wife pointed out, it's made by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Now, oh, if you yeah. ever watched the other guys, that movie is a comedy, a buddy comedy, a cop comedy, but it's also a very smart takedown of the whole, uh, uh, Ponzi scheme level stuff that was going on in 2008. I believe it was. Yeah. Um, this movie is that same biting commentary about the rich and the elite, but more with a, a food base and yeah. like how they, they take art and they destroy it because they, they hold it away from other people and, and, and don't value what they've got. They just, they, they like the exclusivity that it gives them. If you understand what I'm saying, like they don't, <laughs> that that's, you know, yeah. so that's, it doesn't sound interesting, but damn, they make a good movie out of it. And no, it, it does sound interesting. It sounds like something, it, it sounds like it's interesting enough that I'd want to know what would happen next. That's why, that's why I watch bad shows, because like, they, they make it just interesting enough to kind of stick around to see what happens next. So I feel like that's what would happen in this movie, not saying the movie's not good, just saying it sounds like it would hold my interest enough to, I, to where I would make it to the end. But do you think that any of the actors in this film, or even anybody in production, is the, what the actors were playing in the film, a pretentious motherfucker that thinks they're better? I don't know, but th- they probably had to come to Jesus moment after they filmed this. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the commentary is so biting that I can't imagine that they didn't look at themselves and say, are we this way? Is this what we're portraying? Um, like there's even a scene at the beginning of it where, um, Anya Taylor joy is like, you know, she's off to the side and she, you know, she starts smoking or whatever. Nicholas Holt being the, the kind of character is in the movie looks at her and says, you, what are you doing? Don't smoke. He said, that's going to destroy your uh, taste buds ability to pick up on the refined palate that you're getting ready to enjoy. And like she, I mean, that's how pretentious this character is that she's going to this exclusive place about. And then there's this whole thing about how she's not, she was not on his, on the list of people that was supposed to be on this, you know, at this exclusive resort because the person he had originally uh, put down as his uh, number two, uh, bailed on him at the last minute, broke up with him. And, and, you know, there, and then you're trying to figure out why is she here with him and like why, and she's clearly not of the same class of people as they are. Like she's got a lot of like white trash, blue collar stuff going on <laughs> in her own. So, I mean, there's a lot of that in it. Which is funny because in the, in the previews or the trailer, she, she looks fancy enough, but you get, you get the vibe. Like they flat out say it in the trailer. You don't belong here. Like, yeah, and that's and that's what they're meaning by that. Yeah. It's like she has uh, got into a world that she is not supposed to be part of, and it's it's bad for her in the sense that I mean, 
you know, very bad things were planned and uh, she chose the wrong time to come there basically. (laughs) Oh my God. But I mean, as far it's, it's a masterclass in building tension. I mean, they, they do a great job. Like, I mean, course after course, like it, like the characters start freaking out more and more as they realize something isn't right. They, they, they kind of laugh it off at first. Cause I mean, it seems like the, you know, this, this chef who's played by Voldemort of all people, uh, Ray Fines, Ralph Fines, however he says his name. Um, he, he's, he seems like, he seems like Gordon Ramsay. Yes. Gordon Ramsay had no sense of humor. And that and that's a scary thought because well, Gordon, Gordon Ramsay didn't a, have a sense of humor oh, until yes, he did uh, right at the beginning. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's always had a sense of humor. A dry sense of humor. He's always had a very dry sense of humor. No, okay. but it's humor. So it's if you take Brit- that away well, from him okay. and he's just a complete and total asshole, yeah. But he's British. That's what he's British, <laughs> and then he's an ex-athlete, so he's not gonna like. He's gonna be more dry, and his humor is being an athlete and being around other athletes. <clears throat> His sense of humor is going to have a lot more bite to it. Okay, the, so the athletes average, I get. The British, fuck off. Uh, that's like saying I'm a Gemini. It's just, you know, no, Mercury is no, in Gatorade. The British have a different, very dry wit. Like, their comedy Very different like, culture. I mean, Watch the Mighty Python's Flying Circus and tell me you, you can't see how dry the humor is. He's in America. Fucking act like it. <laughs> but all I'm saying with that is just the fact that that you know if you imagine this character and he comes out and, and he's got all of the fierceness, all of the uh, just competitive, like you know, na- you know, all that stuff that Gordon Ramsay puts off, yeah. but with none of that like dark, biting humor that he puts behind it. That's what you're getting with this character, and he and he, I mean, and they start and they laugh it off at the beginning because they think, oh, that's just how he is. Yeah. He's, you know, he's got a weird personality quirk. But the more and more goes along and the more shit they start seeing because it starts getting overt, then it's like, oh, God, what have we got ourselves into? And then that's what, kind of where you've got with a movie. So, oh, my I mean, God. Um, and they're on an island that's away from everybody. So you got to remember that, too. They're, they are trapped in this location. It is almost like the setup. Well, actually, for one of the movies we're going to cover tonight, Bay of Blood. I oh, mean, yeah. it's on a bay. It is secluded. And there's no way for any help to be coming there. <laughs> You know what it kind of reminded me of, and I don't know if you're familiar with this. Have you seen the horror survival game, uh, Little, is it Little, not Little Monsters? Um, it's the game that the kids play. where they're oh, on... That's the one that you showed me where you're like, they're a little creature trying to get away from that chef that's trying to catch yes. them and cook them or whatever. Yeah, they're in this weird, like, off, the way that they showed this island that these people are on where they're doing the menu, um, it looks very similar to the game that my kids played a little nightmares is what it was called. Yeah. The whole setup of the, the reason it's on that Island is that it's a, uh, it's totally f- uh, freshly sourced food to table. Like everything that they serve is something that grows or lives by that Island. So that's, that's the whole setup for the movie. That's how pretentious these people that's are. That's how it is in little nightmares. Oh my God. <laughs> it's children, freshly served children. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest with you, uh, this would actually make a pretty good movie to watch around Thanksgiving because oh. of the whole meal aspect of it. And you know, it, it's, it's a good Thanksgiving horror. It, adjacent movie i can't call it a true horror movie because like when the comedy it's about i want to say at least halfway if not two-thirds of the way through the movie they start introducing more and more comedy and i mean it's a good relief off of the tension even if the stuff is getting more and more insane yeah but it's like you're watching it and it's it's enjoyable like i mean it is such 
dark, biting humor, like every bit of it. It's like you, they're going for the juggler with every bit of comedy they introduce wow. in this movie. Well, I mean, I don't know that it's going to replace <laughs> our now um, authentic uh, Adams Family values for Thanksgiving movie. But, you know, maybe it's a nice little <laughs> contender. <laughs> Yeah, I think it. I think it'd be a good one to add into a rotation for people. I mean, you know, if you're if you're if you're tired of if you're if you know that you're going to get into the sappy saccharine stuff, you know, come December first or or, <laughs> or even Black Friday, and you're wanting something to kind of give you a palate cleanser, which yes. is funny because they have one in the movie. Um, <laughs> of course, they do. Um, then it's 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 worth putting this on just before. It's like okay, if we're going to have to start watching this, and like we're, we're going to have this you know, right beforehand. That's what our poor daughter needs. She needs a little palate cleanser every now and then. She's going crazy. Um, And then I watched The Green Knight, which I finally caught up on. That was the A24 movie that's uh, uh, based on um, the the Arthurian legend. Um, It's told with a a twist on the story because in the original uh, story about The Green Knight, um, I believe the character is presented in the movie as being like virtuous and all that, but he does like survive at the end by doing a cheat. He gets like a magical belt or a sash or whatever that protects him from the cleaving chop that the green Knight has promised him. Like the whole gist of the movie is that um, I think it's Gawain or Gowan as depending upon how you want to say it, Sir Gowan, who is actually portrayed in this as being um, the uh, nephew to uh, uh, King Arthur, it's uh, and it's uh, and his mother is portrayed as being uh, was it Morgan Le Fay, I believe is her name. Like the, uh, I, I believe that's the character's name. Uh, but anyways, like the 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 one with the powers that was always opposed to King Arthur in a lot of his stories. They've kind of like mixed it around where she's his sister and and she is, and her son is going to take over because Arthur never could sire an heir. So. And uh, and he and he's trying to basically uh, the Arthur in this one's very weak. He's dying. Um, he's and it played the character that the actor they got to play Arthur in this. I swear to God, I thought for a second that they had resurrected. Uh, was it Anton Yelton or Yelchin Yelkin? Uh, you you know what I'm talking about the the uh, actor who was in the uh, Fright Night remake that was also uh, Scotty in the new Star Trek movies. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, God. Um, I, I swear to God they'd resurrect him because this actor looks and sounds just like that guy. Like, I mean, Same down to a T. Like. <laughs> but, um, but he plays like a really weak Arthur. Like you can tell that his, that Camelot is crumbling and he's like, tr- so he, so he's trying to, uh, you know, prepare his nephew for the potential of replacing him. And then there's like, it just so happens that, and it's, it's hinted in the movie that it was instigated by his, by Gowan's mother of all, of all persons to kind of make him look more manly or whatever, look like he could take the throne. She summons the green knight, which is like this pagan, like tree, like creature uh, to come in during a Christmas uh uh, get together that Arthur's having and he throws down a challenge. It's a, uh, apparently a challenge that they used to do in medieval times, which sounds off God awful to me, but they would basically say, um, I'm going to give you the option of, uh, you can behead me or you can just nick me barely, but whatever you do to me, just remember that it's coming back to you, uh, you know, uh, the same. And so that gives the person the potential. They can either, you know, go through the route of completely beheading the person right off the bat, thinking that, you know, of course, they're not going to, you know, retaliate because how could they? Or they can do the slight nick, which kind of shows they're kind of a pussy because they're afraid of what might come back to them. And um, 
he throws down that gauntlet to everybody, including the you know, knights of the round table are there. And, uh, Arthur, uh, you know, asked his nephew if he would meet the challenge, uh, because he's clearly, and he even offers Excalibur up to do it. And then in the scene, it's, uh, Gowan, uh, has the opportunity. He can, he can totally scot-free just nick this guy's like, you know, like one of the branches on his head. Cause he's, he's completely offered his head up to be chopped off, but Gowan thinks he's going to be a badass and like cuts his head clear off. And so when the green knight turns around and reattaches his head and then says a year from now, you will meet the same fate. Then he's got to spend the rest of his time basically pissing himself, knowing that what he's got to do to man up and meet the challenge. And that's what the movie's about. It's like his journey to, you know, whether or not he, you know, meets that challenge and the, you know, and the little quest that he finds along the way. And it's very well done. Like they, I mean, the visuals are amazing in this movie. Like, I mean, they, they perfectly recreate like an old, uh, you know, whatever uh, middle ages Europe or whatever they were going for with that. Cause I mean, it, it looks the part, like everything's scummy looking once you get outside of Camelot, uh, just dirt, mud everywhere, uh, a lot <clears throat> of misty forest. Um, okay. Hold uh, on. I need you to explain something to me. Make it make sense how they made. There's even a ghost in the movie, by the way. There's oh my a whole God. scene where he, he has to prove himself to a ghost. Oh, no. Okay, make it make sense to me the, why Kate Dickey is Guinevere. Because <laughs> they wanted somebody that was completely butt-ass ugly. <laughs> Tell me about it. Isn't Guinevere, like, notoriously supposed She's... to be, like, this gorgeous... She was supposed to be gorgeous, and then Lancelot even, like, you know, uh, cheated or, you know, like he was, his heart was, like, tempted by her in several of the stories, and, and I saw her, and I'm like, there's no way in hell that any man would be, like, you know, trying to steal her away from Arthur. There's no way. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I saw that, and I was like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Now, this is supposed to be an old Arthur, and she is also on the verge of dying, too, because there's a scene where they're both laying in bed, and they both look like frail and look like they're about to pass away. Okay, so, that I makes mean, sense. She she can do that very well. She looks like that standing up and do, doing normal <laughs> daily stuff. Um, the stranger thing is that, that they cast, uh, I believe, uh, the main characters of, uh, he's not, I mean, he's not of European descent. I don't know if he's like Middle Eastern. Oh, Dev Patel? Uh, yeah, G- G- Gowan, yeah. Like, yeah, Gwen. It, It's an interesting choice for the character, but he, he does a great job with it. I mean, he's great in the movie. Yeah, um, it just doesn't, that doesn't make sense. They also, it looks like they have, well, she's kind of African-American. Uh, partially, oh, they do have African-American guy. I mean, he's a soldier, but the, I guess that makes sense. But, um, but, but they, uh. The the visual effects, especially for the Green Knight, I mean that he is so creepy and like every and the the sound quality, like every time he moves, it's like you, it's like you know limbs creaking in the in the wind, you know, uh, it's it's great. Um, Gwen is gaining popularity in recent times. I'm not saying he was never a relevant character; he always was. In you know when it comes to King Arthur, but like I feel like he's getting some kind of comeuppance as of recently. At least in the past three years, I'm hearing so many more stories about him, and he wasn't as forward-facing in the past in terms of hearing about King Arthur or hearing any stories. Well, they did a neat twist in this movie because in the original story, he was always like every challenge. There's like three challenges he has to, he has to meet before he meets the Green Knight, and they're mm-hmm. supposed to like prepare him for his eventual end. Yeah. And um, he's always gallant in the original stories. He's always virtuous, always does what he's supposed to. This Gowan fucks up every single uh, challenge that he goes across. He oh is such God. a, 
he's such a piece of shit. And like, by the time that it comes to the end of the movie, the, I mean, that's the twist in the movie is the one time that he, that he's virtuous is whenever he's, he, he's supposed to meet his maker, but they give you an alternate version that he imagines right before that is if he runs away from the challenge and he just goes back to Camelot, acts like he did what he's supposed to and uh, takes over for Arthur. They give you a whole series of events showing like his life after that. And basically Camelot falls apart under oh, his rulership shit. because he was, he was a weak man. Yeah. And he never met any of his challenges. And so he, he sees that he imagines it. And he does what the real Gowan never did. He takes the sash off right in front of the Green Knight and lets him know this is a full-on challenge and I'm full-on meeting it. So go ahead and chop my fucking head off. So, oh and that's how the movie basically ends. Um, Yeah, because that kind of goes in line with I have not been able to determine for myself, based on all the stories I've heard about Gwen as of recent, whether he's a hero, an anti-hero, or if he's an asshole. I can't come to, because there's so many different versions of him now coming up that he was this great guy or that he uh, stole Guinevere or that, you know, all this other shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, uh, I, th- I like how they ended it because I mean, and some people might not because it literally doesn't show him even getting, his, you know, his head chopped off. I mean, and that spoiling the ending is not spoiling the movie because it's the journey more than the end. Yeah. I mean, some people would actually hate the ending. But it's literally like you see him take the sash off after he foresaw what his future would be like if he doesn't meet the challenge. And he looks at the Green Knight and he says, I'm ready. And then the Green Knight, in a, in a very loving and endearing way, leans down and says, you know, he's like, uh, uh, good night. Uh, or he says something to the effect of like, uh, fair, you know, uh, uh, and then he says, um, he, he says off with your head, good night or something like that. But he lets him know. And I mean, it's such a like fatherly tone. It's like, you've, you've stood up and you've become a man. It's like basically how it ends, but then you know, but that's all you see and it cuts off. So, I mean, you know, you can, you, it's one of those endings where you can like, you know, you know, paint whatever ending you want. Like maybe the green knight let him go, yeah. uh, you know, but, but I mean, even without all that, it, he showed that he had what it took to, to actually stand up and become the man that he was supposed to be. Did he defeat the Hun? Um, <laughs> he doesn't defeat anybody in the movie. Like, the funny thing is, is like, for instance, when he meets the ghost, she is a woman who has been killed um, very recently, or, well, in, in, in recent, you know, like the few weeks before he got there, uh, and her head was chopped off it was by another night that came through there and she offered him like you know to stay in his home in her home and she and he basically tries to rape her she tries to get away from him and then in anger he cuts her head off and he throws her head in like a nearby like a uh, pool of water and she and her whole thing is that she can't move on oh shit as, without her head is she the lady and, of the water the lady of the lake i mean no, this okay. is like some uh, completely different. And so when, when she tells him, when he realizes he's dealing with a spirit at this point, he looks at her and instead of offering just to help her, which would be the noble thing to do, he looks at her and, and straight up says, what will you give me if I help you? And then oh, she shit. even spo- <clears throat> spouts back to him. It's like, are you seriously uh, asking for a favor if you help me with this? Um, you know, uh, showing even further that he's, he's still a piece of shit. That oh, I mean, God. he sees this spirit in need and he won't even help it. Um, but he does, I mean, and, and he goes along, but it's, it's only after he's been turned down for reward. So, but that's kind of how the movie goes. It's just one after the other, him failing to live up to what he's supposed to. Oh my God. (laughs) 
but I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, I mean, I, I love the way that they filmed it and it's very trippy in some scenes. Like he gets high on some shrooms at one point and sees these like na- naked giants, like walking through a valley. And, uh, it's, it's crazy. The scenes are crazy to watch. Hmm. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> but I think we've talked long enough. We probably need to get into this. So, uh, I think we should let them in. Ooh, let them in. <laughs> 